Um, so last week, uh, Major Phil started the series of the Lord's Prayer. How many of you guys are familiar with the Lord's Prayer? Yeah? I got to be honest with you. I'm, although I'm familiar with it and can recite it, I didn't pay much attention to it. Yeah? It was just something that I said. In fact, I'm trying to think of times when I've said it, and it's usually been maybe at a funeral. Everybody says it. I, like, it's usually at a somber kind of a time, a serious time. Everybody stands up, and someone says, can we please recite the Lord's Prayer? And we kind of say it. And um, when uh, Major Phil asked me to speak on this, I, I had to do a lot of studying and trying to figure out, what am I going to talk about? Because I don't really know much about this. And... Um, it was really humbling, but it was really, really good. And so I'm just going to share with you some of the stuff that, that God has been speaking to me as I've been studying this. Um, but before we do that, can you just pray with me really quick? Dear Heavenly Father, I love you so much. I thank you for your word, Lord. I thank you for loving us the way that you do. And God, as we um, get ready to tackle what we have called the Lord's Prayer, the way you taught us to pray, Lord, and... Um, as I do my best to teach, teach on it, Lord, I pray that um, everybody in this room, if they hear something that doesn't make sense or is wrong or is just incorrect or silly, Lord, that they would know that that's me talking and they would give me all the credit for that, Lord. Um, but if they hear anything today that rings true, Lord, and, and speaks to their heart, Lord, I pray that they would know that that's you. Yeah? That they would know that you're speaking to them, God. And that you would get the credit and the glory for that. Lord, I love you and I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's um, just start really quickly by reciting the Lord's Prayer. If you can, on the count of three. One, two, three. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Quit. Stop. Stop right there. I just want to stop. Right there. That's all that Phil said I could talk about anyway, so I'm going to stop right there, this first part. And I think it's important because I gloss over this part all the time. It's like the intro. It's like a throwaway. Yeah, it's just the start of the prayer. I want to get to this, the good stuff, the stuff about me, about um, giving me some bread that I could use, right? Or forgiving my sins. I want to get to that part, but this part is important. It sets the stage about who we're talking to. And we gloss over it. We gloss over it. And if our perspective is wrong, then, then it's going to be warped the whole way through the prayer. But this intro gives us something. And it starts by saying this, our Father. This is who we're talking to. Prayer is about t- communication with, with God. And it's important to know who we're communicating to. And it's really interesting and awesome that, that Jesus starts his prayer like this. Our Father. Our Father. Now, you have to know that we, we say Heavenly Father and Our Father a lot now. It's commonplace in church. But you have to realize that for um, the Jews hearing this, when Jesus is, was saying this, it's mind-blowing. Because this was not commonplace. In fact, if you look at the Old Testament and all the times um, God is translated or, or described as a father, in all the books of the Old Testament, depending on the translation, it's less than 20 times. And every time he's um, described as a father, it's really in an impersonal way. Like he's the father of the nations or the father of creation. But never like your personal father. 
But then you get to the New Testament. And in the four Gospels alone, more than 160 times is God referred to as your father. In fact, that's one of the reasons Jesus got crucified. They thought he was blaspheming. He kept on calling Jesus his dad and saying, my father, here's your father. And they thought he was taking that lightly. So when, when people heard this, this is big. The problem is, is that today in today's world, we have a, we have a, a father crisis. And so this word father has a lot of baggage with it for a lot of people. Yeah, there's people who don't even want to say, oh, he's my father, so he's like my, my father? You don't know who my father is. I don't even know who my father is. And the fact that you're starting a prayer calling God your father is not comforting at all. All of a sudden, we start associating God the father with the traits of earthly fathers. And that's backwards. We should always be measuring our earthly fathers to what God the Father has given us as an example, not the other way around. We should be able to say, you know what, I never knew my father, but I have a heavenly father. Right? Our father, um, what kind of father is he though? What kind of father? Like I said, some of you guys, even the best of you, um, who, how many are parents in here? I would say I'm a pretty decent dad, but I'm not like God. I mess up a lot. I do a lot of stupid things. My kids probably will have a list to say of all the stuff I've done. But some of us have a hard time with God. I would say this, even those of you who've grown up in church, when we talk about God the Father, somehow we've distanced him from Jesus, his son. We think God the Father, and we think of the judgmental one. Yeah? The mean disciplinarian one. When we think of Jesus, we think of love and peace and sacrifice. But when we think of God, we think of this hard guy. If there's anybody who's misunderstood in all of the world, I think it's God. And the truth is, is God is like Jesus. Because Jesus is like God, right? Amen? Jesus, like, if you have an idea about God that you wouldn't apply to Jesus, then it's probably not right. Does that make sense? If you think one way about God and one way about Jesus, there's something wrong in your theology. Because the best picture that we have of God, the best way that we know what our Heavenly Father looks like is by how Jesus was. Amen? Check this verse out. Talking about parents and being a good parent, right? God's talking about our father and how good of a father he is. How many of you guys um, with kids, do you like to give your kids good things? Yeah? I like to give my kids good things. It makes me happy. I like to see the expression on their face. I also like to use it as leverage so, so I can take it away from them if they don't do what I say, right? But I like to give my kids good things. It brings me joy. Right? And the Bible says this, when John was talking about how his, um, when, in John, when Jesus is talking about um, God being our heavenly father, he says this, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? That would be messed up. 
Yeah? He might be, oh, oh, you're hungry? You want a sandwich? And he'd just give him a snake. Right? He says, no, of course not. So you, being sinful people, some versions say, as wicked as you are, know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Think about that. Sometimes in my mind we think, oh, why would God do that? That's really mean. Or God, man, he's really tough and, 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 and hard. But the Bible says the opposite. He says, what, you think you know how to be more comforting and know how to give better gifts than God? He says, you're a sinner. You're wicked. You have no idea. And as wicked as you are, you know what it's like to be good, a good parent. How much more than does God know? Yeah? How much more? He's a good, good father. I like this. The next verse says this. When, again, when we're talking about God and, and how Jesus is him personified, it says this. Um, next verse real quick. quick. Um, it says, if you had really known me, you would know who my father is. From now on, you know him and have seen him. And then the disciples confused. He said, uh, Lord, show us the father and we will be satisfied. If we can just get a glimpse of what God the father looks like, we'll be satisfied. And Jesus says this, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Next slide. Anyone who has seen me has seen the father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me and does his work through me. When we see Jesus, that's what the Father looks like. And what do we see Jesus' relationship with children? He's saying, let the children come to me. Yeah, bring them to me. Don't do anything to harm these children. So when we're talking about our Father... This is something important. That's an important relationship. It sets the stage that God wants to be intimate with us. He is intimate. He has this relationship with us that he's our father. And on the flip side of that, right, it sets in our heart that we're his children, right? And we're coming to him as a child with trust and faith. Yeah? We're his children. It's funny because I'm, I was talking to my dad um, this morning, actually, before coming out here. And I'm his child still. Even though I'm a father myself, I'm ne- I haven't ceased being my father's child. We are God's children. We will always be God's children. And he wants us to have that type of relationship with him. The other thing I want to just reflect back on it is... Jesus doesn't say my father. He says our father. We should pray our father. That's another perspective changer. Yeah? Because all of a sudden, uh, it puts you and I in the same boat. Right? It's not just I'm praying to my dad. Let me, let me take this. I'm going to take this to my dad. I'll be back. I remember sometimes as a kid, my, my, my brother would say, my dad said this. And he's saying that to me. And I'm like, he's my dad too. I don't, why are you saying my dad? He's our dad. And when we're saying our father, all of a sudden it's like, man, if I'm praying for something, it's not just me. I'm part of a body of believers. All of a sudden it's not just me and God, but, but God, uh, if I'm praying for you, I'm praying for my brother. I'm praying for my sister. 
How about this? It's not just about me. It's about my brothers and my sisters. That's big time. That's big time. That's a game changer. It's an equalizer. Not only is God our father, but he's all of our father. And so, man, I have a different relationship, man. Like, if I was talking to my dad about some guy off the street, that would be way different than if I'm talking to him about my brother. It puts it in perspective. So the first thing we say is, our father. He wants to be intimate with us. But then we have this other, this other problem. The next thing he says is, in heaven. And for me, all of a sudden, it, it puts this big distance on God. Right? Our father, well, not my father around here. He's my father in heaven, far, far away. Yeah? It's like saying, uh, my dad who lives in Alaska. Or, you know, some of us pray, our father who art in heaven, but we live our life like our boss who is on vacation. Yeah? He's far away. I don't know. I have this kind of long-distance relationship with him. Yeah? How many of you guys have ever been in a long-distance relationship? Anybody? Oh, only a few of you. Yeah? They always say that long-distance relationships, what? Don't work. They don't last. I would say this. Some relationships, long-distance relationships, only work because they're long-distance. I remember I had a girlfriend who lived in another country. And I would talk to her on the phone a lot. But then when she was in my area and I didn't have that space, oh, it was not good. It was nice to have a girlfriend where I could just check in every once in a while. Right? And some of us treat our relationship with God like that. He's long. I'll check in when I want to check in. My father who's in heaven. And some of you guys... um, How many of you guys have ever felt like there's this incredible distance? Like people just say, oh, I just feel God is so far from me. I feel so far away from God. I hear that a lot. I work with young adults, and one of the biggest things they say is this, man, I just feel like God is so far away that he's so distant from me. I want to tell you something. Feelings lie. Yeah? Just because you feel distant doesn't mean you are distant. Just like you could be really close to somebody and be really distant. Yeah? I could be in the same room with with my wife, and if we're not on the same page, it feels like a miles away. Right? How about this? How how many of you guys have ever been in a room and and turned around and they were like in the office or somebody turned around? Whoa, I didn't know you were there. They were there the whole time. You didn't know. It didn't feel like somebody was there, but somebody was there. Or the opposite. In my house, this happens a lot. I'm talking, and I think I'm talking to somebody, but they left the room a long time ago. Right? I thought they were there. I felt they were there. They weren't there. So our feelings, right, aren't accurate. Right? But God's word is truth. And God's word, when he's saying the heavens, it's the exact opposite of being distant. When they're saying our father in heaven, he's not saying our father who's far away. He's saying our father who's everywhere. He's in the heavens. He's in the atmosphere. Yeah? This is what the Bible says. Listen, about where God's at. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. He's everywhere. Next verse. 
I am a God who is near, says the Lord. I'm also a God who is far away. No one can hide where I cannot see them. I fill all of heaven and earth, says the Lord. Next verse. I have not, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord. Your God will be with you wherever you go. Next one. The Lord is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will be faithful to you and will not leave you alone. Do not be afraid or troubled. Our father in heaven is a father who's in control of the heavens and he's everywhere. His presence, he's here right now. Think about that. Think about that. If he's everywhere with you, right, then it's not like a long-distance call and all of a sudden you call him whenever you want. How, how many of you guys, if he's with you all the time, you're sitting alone in your car and you're driving, he's with you. How many of you have been giving him the silent treatment? He's not distant. He's waiting to talk with you. He's not far away. He doesn't want a long-distance relationship. He says, I'm here with you. And that's what it means when he's saying, not only am I your dad, but I'm your dad that's always there. You can't go anywhere on this earth where I don't know, where I don't see you, where my presence isn't there. That's important. Again, it sets the stage for our prayer. God, you're my father. God, you're here with us. You're in heaven. You're here. You're the creator of the universe, and you're here right now with me. That's important. That sets the stage. Then we get to the next part. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. How many of you can use the word hallowed in a sentence besides the Lord's Prayer? Because I can't. I tried. Right? I, it's not a word that we use all the time, right? I was thinking, like, I went out and I hallowed out some logs and made a boat. But that's not the correct use of the word hallowed. Hallowed means sacred, holy, separate, set apart. It's special. And this, actually, this isn't just a, a proclamation like, hey, God, um, your name is special. Your name is holy. It's actually a petition. It's actually a request saying, God, may your name be holy. May your name be holy in my life. May your name mean something. Names are really, really important, right? But they're way, way more important in, in a biblical culture, right? Now people just have names because parents want to get creative, right? I'm Kelly with a C and an I and an E, right? Because that's what my mom thought would look neat on a paper, Right? There's not really a lot of thought in between, you know, about it. It's just, here, here's a name that, that my parents liked. But in, in, in Bible times, your name was everything. It's not just talking about your name. It's talking about your reputation. This is who you are. When it's talking about God's name, listen, God is holy, right? He's not going to stop being holy no matter what you do. But you can live in a way that makes his name known and holy. You want to go get your name mangled? Have you gone to Starbucks and tried to give them your name? They always say the wrong name for me, right? I just give up. I just say, they said, who's this for? And I just say, handsome. And then they say, I have a coffee for handsome. I'm like, that's me, right? They mangle names. God's name is important, but it's important because 
Um, we want to know, we want people to know what it's all about, right? Um, in the old world, like, you didn't have credit cards. You didn't have this way to barter. People would be like, oh, well, your name is good here, yeah? You, I could vouch for this person. That means your name is good. It was everything. It was your whole identity. And what, what are we saying when we're saying, God, may your name be hallowed. May your name be sacred in our lives. It's like, are we living in a way that is giving God a good name? Now, God is good always, no matter what. But his name is taking some hits on this planet because of us. Not because of God. Yeah? I would say that most people have a hard time with God because of the way his followers act. Not because of the way God has been faithful. Yeah? Are you making his name sacred in your life? Yeah? Are you saying, God, let my life be a reflection of your name? I feel bad, like a name can travel with you. I feel bad for my sister, you know. Um, I'm the oldest in my family, and my sister um, is a couple years younger than me, and she, would, she went to the same high school, and they'd be like, oh, Brittany Hawk? Oh, are you Fulton's sister? Oh, okay. They had this expectation because of her name, right? And it wasn't a good one. Fortunately, she's a great student, right? And she's a, she's a good kid. But the name traveled somewhere. It meant something. If you're calling yourself a follower of Jesus and you're using his name, does it mean something to you? In this part of the prayer, it's saying, God, may your name mean something in my life. Jesus was all about telling people about God's name. Um, Oh, real quick, though, Proverbs said this, a good name is more desirable than riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. A good name. That's easy to think of because there's people who are rich and they don't have very good reputations. And then there's people like Mother Teresa. Her name means something when you say it. She has a good name, a good reputation. Jesus was all about the, the name. And it says, uh, Romans says this, I raised you up for this. This is talking about, um, this is Paul talking about Pharaoh. He says, God says, I raised you up for this very purpose that I might display my power in you, that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. That's why we do things in his name. So God gets the credit, right? We do this in his name. So he gets the credit. A lot of times we want to steal credit from God. God gives us the strength. You know, have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed like, dear Lord, I, I pray I pass this test, this driving test. Lord, I just, I really want to pass it. I, please, Lord, give me your strength. I just, may it be your will if I can do it. Then you pass him like, look what I did. I passed. All of a sudden, all the credit that's supposed to go to God goes out the window. Yeah? But he's saying, man, when you do what I, what I, when you live the way I want you to live, my name will be known and it'll be great. Jesus says this, holy father, the world didn't know you, but I know you. And these, um, and these known you have sent me. I have made your name known to them and will make it known. So then the love you have for me may be in them and I may be in them. He's saying that this is his mission. He came to make his father's name known. His whole purpose was to show people what the father looked like. 
so that when people heard that name, like we, we sang, what a wonderful name it is. Why is it wonderful? When people look at your life, do they say, man, that person, I know who their father is. And it's a wonderful name. I can see it in their life. Or do they look at you and say, oh, that's a follower of Jesus? That's the kind of name, that's the kind of name, that's what that means when someone says they're a Christian? Man, that, that word has a lot of baggage. And again, why does being a Christian have a lot of baggage? Because of Christ? Because Christ was hypocritical? Because Christ was really judgmental? No, it's because of us. This is an important part of the prayer. Lord, may your name be something. May it mean what it's supposed to in my life. I don't want to just talk about your name. It needs to mean something. God says, man, you say my name and praise it, but your hearts are far from me. I don't want to be like that. I want his name to be hallowed. I want it to be sacred. I want it to be, mean something in my life. When I say I'm a follower of Jesus, that God is my father, I want to give my father a good name. I'm not going to ruin his reputation. That's why it's such disgusting things when, when people do horrible things and they do it in the name of God, yeah? It, like, compounds it worse. When you see some a tragedy on the news and it's some person claiming to be a follower of Jesus... What's that do to the name? God's name is important. So as we close today, and we think about the Lord's Prayer and those throwaway lines that I called them in the beginning, let us remember how important they are. Let's not be so rushed in our prayer life that we want to get to, uh, this is about me and what you can do for me or how I want you to work in my life. Let's, let's take a moment to see who we're talking to. We're talking to our Father who loves us and wants to be intimate with us. Yeah? He's in heaven, but he's also here. Right now in this place. He's not distant. He's not some God that's far away. He's present. And his name means something. And we have a choice. Are we going to do stuff to honor what his name means? Are we going to do stuff that puts Jesus' name, God's name, in a bad light? I'm going to close in prayer. And we'll have some quiet time of personal prayer before we go into the closing song. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for being a father. Lord, your word says you're a father to the fatherless. I thank you for your example of what a father looks like and should be. Lord, I thank you for the church body, for our brothers and sisters, God. Help me to remember that you're their father too. Lord, you created the heavens, and you sit in the heavens, but you're also here. I can't escape you. You know me on the inside, from the inside out, Lord. There's nowhere I can go that that you would be away from me. Your word says you'll never leave or forsake me. 
I'm sorry for the times I let my feelings get in the way of, of what your word says is true. Lord, I pray that it wouldn't be about me feeling your presence, but about me knowing the truth. Knowing and believing you, taking your word at face value, that when you say you're with me, when you say you're by my side, that it's true. Lord, forgive me for the times um, where I haven't lived up to the good name, your heavenly name, your, your powerful name that I don't respect it with my life. Lord, I pray that my life um, would reflect you and your goodness. That when people looked at me, they would say, man, that guy's got a good, good father. That when I ever did anything good, Lord, that I'd give my father the credit so people would know the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you but not nearly as much as you love us. Remind us of that. Soften our hearts. Help us to take prayer seriously and communicate with you. We love you and we thank you. Amen.